Welcome to the Denise Hill Experience with stories and interviews that educate, inspire, and encourage. Now, here's your host, Denise Hill. Hey family, it's your girl Denise Hill. Hopefully you're doing well today and having an absolutely wonderful experience called life. Make sure that sometime during this experience you take a moment or two or days, months, years <laughs> to kind of look back and reflect. Reflection is such a powerful skill. It gives us an opportunity to look at the encounters that we had, the people that we met, and really pull the wisdom from those experiences, especially when we're a bit removed from the pain of them, maybe the disappointment or the shame of them, or even the excitement and energy of it. When you become a bit removed from it and you're able to really stand in a place of wisdom, being a bit older and, and having an open mind to really look back and learn from those lessons, from those people, it's such a wonderful thing that you can not just fortify your life with moving forward, but it gives you those pearls of wisdom that you're able to really instill in the legacy. I'm talking about your kids, your kids' kids, and your kids' kids' kids, you know? <laughs> well, during my experience, the Denise Hill experience, I've encountered a lot of people myself. Today, we're gonna hear from Kirk Franklin. Kirk Franklin is a multi-award-winning, multi-platinum, maybe diamond artist at this point. Worldwide, he's won just about every award there is to win for his music, not just music that he's done by himself and for himself, but he's had God's property. He's worked with other artists like Toby Mac, Tori Kelly. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And in my decades now of time in the entertainment industry and the radio industry specifically, I've had the opportunity to cross paths with him many a time. But there were a few that really stood out for me. One, I was a program director in New York City for then radio station WLIB. It's the first 24-hour inspiration station in the nation's number one market, New York City. And I can tell you for a very long time, having been in gospel music and inspiration for many years prior to that, we all kind of wondered why is it that the number one market in the world doesn't have a 24 hour gospel station? We're gonna talk about LA as well because they're in market uh, two and they didn't have one and, and probably still don't to this day. But finally they took a new station, flipped it, made it a gospel station, called yours truly up to build it from the ground up and man that experience was phenomenal he came through our circle of sisters event once and just had a wonderful time sitting down and talking with him at that time my first book titled inside what no one is telling the independent gospel artist before it was written by bishop hezekiah walker um, had come out at that time and you know i was able to talk to kirk franklin about some of the things that nobody is talking about within the gospel industry and telling these new artists coming up because when you look at a lot of these artists and celebrities and these mega artists now actually because they've crossed over from just gospel to being inspirational, from just inspirational to also being CCM, from being CCM to also being R&B, from R&B to also being pop, and just on and on and on. And so they reach these mega height statuses and those artists who are kind of up and coming, look at them and feel like that's the way it is. That's the typical thing. And they don't understand the backstory to that. And so my book at that time, 
Inside What No One's Telling the Independent Gospel Artist, which is only available in ebook right now, but check out my website, denisehill.com, gave an inside look on a lot of the things that were going on and a lot of the things that you need to know to not just succeed in the industry from getting played on the radio to being able to really market yourself and understand what image is about and branding and things of that nature. So not just how to succeed, but also how to survive because there's this kind of emotional, psychological, spiritual component that can really just suck the life out of you <laughs> if you let it, which is really strange when you talk about doing something for, you know, the creator, a higher power, and you're talking about an industry set up to suck the life out of you. It's, it's really strange, but Bishop Hezekiah Walker, who I managed as the program director, he had an afternoon show on WLIB, really connected with the content of that book. He was like, somebody needs to talk to the people about the things that nobody's talking about. He even said, quote, I was just talking to Donald Lawrence about this. <laughs> because it's the story of so many people in the industry, how there is struggle, there is so much poverty, there is so much lack, while the face is we're superstars. We're mega artists, we have albums sold, we're making money. He even talked about a time when Bishop Hezekiah Walker this is, when he was a very popular international artist at this point, and he was making absolutely no money. You get money off of your performances, but when you're traveling with a choir and a big old band, uh, how much you think you bring it home, you know? And his record deal at that time was so so horrible and I know you've heard about horrible record deals in the past that was a bad deal he even said so himself so he was kind of set up to continually owe no matter how much he made no matter how popular he got he was just set up to continue to owe money and never make any he talked to me about a story once where his daughter he was married at the time and his young daughter needed some medicine and his car would not go forward for some reason <laughs> the transmission was just jacked up and his car would not go forward so here you have an award-winning seller of a lot of records known throughout the world for his wonderful music not yet bishop hezekiah walker he was just hezekiah walker at the time but here he is in a car having to go get medicine for his sick child and he has to drive only in reverse. The visuals that he painted for me, oh my goodness. <laughs> Question is, why didn't you just walk, man? You're in New York, hop on the subway. I mean, he's in East New York, okay? Subway is not on every corner like in the middle of Manhattan. So you can envision this. You gotta do what you gotta do for your kid. So it doesn't matter that this car will not go forward. We're gonna get what we have to get, even if it's going backwards the entire way. And that's what he did to make sure he was able to get that medicine for his kid. But if at that time when of his heightened popularity, he told somebody, hey, I need help, I'm broke. Can you imagine what somebody's perception would then be? Why are you broke? You, you Hezekiah Walker. I mean, the perceived shame that he would have caused him not to have that conversation with anybody and continue to then perpetuate this kind of facade of being this successful person, which eventually he was able to cut a very good record deal, which now he's prosperous, still putting out great music, and now Bishop Hezekiah Walker. 
<laughs> so he was more than willing to write the foreword for my book, Insight, when no one's telling the independent gospel artist because he wanted to make sure somebody was telling the artist these types of information. Now, Kirk Franklin had his own stories of being challenged when people thought he was Kirk Franklin. Yeah, you may be familiar about some stories that he told before about how he had to move out of an apartment that he was getting ready to be evicted out of because he could not make the rent. And he couldn't just move out of the apartment like normal people would be moved out. Of course, being put out was not an option. Is that Kirk Franklin's dresser on the corner? Yeah, that's, that's not an option at all. So we gotta move out of this and look like we're supposed to be moving out of this. But we can't do this during the day because then people will talk. So what Kirk Franklin did at that time to preserve the image of Kirk Franklin was move out under the cover of darkness. He moved out at night, so none of his stuff would be there to be evicted, and he wouldn't have to face the shame of people who held him up as this phenomenal artist and this name in the industry, seeing him as somebody who was struggling just like them. Yeah, that was that was a great conversation that I had with Kirk Franklin. I was able to put my book in his hand at that Circle of Sisters event so many years ago. But even before that, there was a time when I connected with Kirk Franklin at the Radio One Studios in Lanham, Maryland. Now at this time, Radio One was building out half of the bottom floor of this building. One half had its Washington DC radio stations in it. The other half had XM satellite radio stations in it. About five urban channels. This was before XM and Sirius Satellite Radios merged to form one company. So here comes Kirk Franklin bopping through. Doo -doo 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 -doo. <laughs> That's not because he's short people, all right? But that's how he was literally bopping through. This was at a time when he came into himself physically. He found a gym somewhere and got buff. <laughs> he thought that he was able to pick up anybody. He literally tried to pick me up and raced with me through the hallways of the studio. Like we were like two little kids. It, it was ridiculous, but so much fun. And I beat him, by the way. If he remembers it, he might say he beat me. Mm -mm, trust me, I beat him. <laughs> the fact that I started half a second before he said go does not matter. I beat Kirk Franklin in a foot race up the halls of the radio station, which we weren't supposed to be doing anyway. But when I finally got to sit and talk to him, we talked about so many different things. Check out some of our convo for yourself. It's the Gospel Lady with Kirk Franklin. Yeah. Live in the studio. How are you? How are you? I'm good. How are you? How are you? Oh. <laughs> What's up? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> what you been up to? You like kind of dropped off for a second there. and Yeah, man. I, uh, you know, I had to do some time. Do know, some time? Yeah, some, what? Do, some, you some did traffic some... tickets. I oh, my goodness. Some traffic tickets. Is that what that offering was for? Yes. And I had to, you know, had to sit them out. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you did kind of kind of get yeah. away and, and spend some time by yourself and with God and with your family or. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, God has wonderful way of of like orchestrating time off, you know, um. Uh, we kind of missed the scripture. Now, the verse says, he maketh me lie down. Right. 
He that, maketh me yeah, lie down yeah. in green pastures. A lot of times we don't want to do it. We, we don't want to slow down. We don't want, and so God intentionally makes us lie down. He He will allow some failures mm-hmm. and some doors to close and some things to happen so that you have no other choice but to have to get into his presence and work on marriage, have to work on being a good steward with your money and having to go to some PTA meetings and have to go talk to the principal about making sure that your children are doing right because, you know, that's your first ministry. And so uh, it's just important to make sure that when you see him making you lie down, that you lie down. That's a good word because we, we attribute so much to the enemy. We give him way too much credit. No, 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 no man. And, well, he's the enemy, but we got to remember, though, he's God's enemy. He's, he's, he's the devil, but he's God's devil. God uses him to do his dirty work. Remember, God allowed him to touch Job. You That's know, good. He, he, he allows it so that we can know what darkness looks like, so that we can choose the light. The only reason why he created wrong and created sin is so that we can have an option to choose him because unconditional love is always the option to choose. And, and, and we only show God how much we love him when there's something else that we could choose. Wow. You know what I mean? Like if, if I'm in a room next to a good looking dude and if, and, and if both of us are looking at, you know, this, this female, let's say if it's, you know, Tammy, the girl, you know, I'm trying to get with my wife and let's say she's not my wife yet, but I want to step to her. And they say this other good looking dude wants to step to her. The only way that I know the value that I have in that room is that there's got to be somebody else in the room either just as good looking as I'm or even better. And if she chooses me, then it shows me how much my value is. Now, if she chooses me in a room by myself, then there's nothing to compare it to. And that's what God does. He allows bad circumstances to see what will we choose. That's good. That's good. Some folks might say what in a different way that he allows us to be tested. He has to. Yeah. You don't know if, if you got what you studied unless you're tested. That's what only a good teacher does. Yeah. Wow. That's good. You see, he's starting off on a deep note and all. I was going to talk about some fun things. Well, you but, asked. You, know, you said I dropped I'm off. Saying. I need to let you know. I'm I understand. <laughs> you know, hey, God intentionally dropped me off. And I'm glad he did. All right. But you're back now, and that's what matters. You, a lot of folks kind of want to keep you in the box of just being an artist, but you've been out preaching and ministering, which means you, you've got to be hearing from him. Well, so. you know, well, what's amazing, man, is that I didn't choose that. Well, mm-hmm. well, what was funny is last year, at an agency that I'm with, they put a, a um, what is it called? When they go to the website and they just put like a blurb or or, or like like a blast or something, mm-hmm. and uh, this agency that they represents me said that Kirk Franklin uh, is doing like speaking, and if you want to come speak at your church, like call us. And they just started getting like just but bena- I, I didn't even know they did it. <laughs> they told me that they did it on their own, and they called and uh, my manager called me and said, "Man, you will not believe this." He was like, "William Morris is just getting calls like crazy for you to come speak places." I was like. Oh, 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 I was like, okay, you know, and so I started just going to speak at places and just started getting all these incredible calls to speak. And it's like, I wasn't looking for it. Mm-hmm. It just started happening. Well, as, as you hear from him and as you speak the word that he's put in you, what are you hearing about his timing? Because as you were talking about a minute ago about choices and all, a lot of people don't make that choice for him because unfortunately they feel like they still have time. We've got time. I, I need to get my dirt out right now. I'm not ready. I'm not there yet. That yeah. seems to be a phrase that's thrown around a lot. Yeah. What are you hearing? Well, you know, that has to do with selfishness. You know, you have to understand just by nature, we 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 are selfish, self-sufficient people. You know, the reason why, you know, Jesus had to allow Peter to go through the process of what he went through is, is because you look at Peter's responses to what he went through. You know, he was a very self-sufficient person. He said, Jesus, you know what? I'm not going to let nobody take you away. You know, 
they're not going to kill you, you know, you know, over my dead body. And, and Jesus like, you know, uh, Satan, get behind me. You know, he, he told Peter, uh, you're going to deny me three times. Jesus, Peter's like, I'm never going to deny you. And three times he did, you know, uh, when he was walking on the water and he took his eyes off Jesus because fear is the ultimate uh, symbol of pride because a dead man can't be afraid. And so, you know, when, when you're dead to yourself, you, you, you no longer have any fear. You ever take a gun and put it inside of a casket, the person in the casket is not going to jump because the person inside the casket is dead. And so what, what people have to understand is that when we want stuff on our own time, it's because we're thinking about ourselves. And when we're able to move on God's time, and it, that's, that's when we've given up rights to ourselves. We no longer belong to ourselves, and what God wants us to do don't even matter. You know, you know it, it doesn't matter if it doesn't fit within our, our, our calendar because we love him more than we love ourselves. Wow. Are you just doing music and speaking right now? Well, you know, we, we are trying to—what we're trying to do is we're trying to affect the culture for Christ. You know, um, we, we have like this campaign. You know, most, most of Christianity is very vertical. You know, you, you know, us to the Father. Christian music is, you know, straight up, you know, like, like, like Hosanna was a very, um, is a very song that's very vertical. Which is beautiful, you know. It, you know, I mean, it has its purpose. Uh, my challenge is when I look in the culture, when I look at divorce rate, when 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 I look at the kids, when I look at 106 in Park, when I look at TRL, you know, when I look at MTV or BET, I don't see Christ in the culture. You know, I don't see see Jesus having a platform of being hip, being cool, and and we know that some of that is because of the cross. We we know that the world is not is going to reject us in, in in some stance. I'm just saying that those that say that they are Christians, a lot of times, a lot of times, I'm not seeing them stand up and be accounted for. Mm. And so uh, uh, we are just on a campaign just when it comes to marketing. Uh, we just started a marketing company called P19 Marketing that, 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 that's, that's wanted to line up with the American Airlines and General Motors and, and major corporations that want to uh, be part of a moral change in the fabric of the culture. And uh, we are we're also planning to do a youth conferences where we help wow. and train uh, youth, men, youth pastors for, for, for an urban style ministry mm-hmm. because youth pastors, they got to know what the kids are talking about. They yeah. got to know what the kids are going through. It's, it's like if all you do is watch Family Feud <laughs> and I love Lucy reruns all week, you're not going to be, you're not going to be connected to the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to pick up a Vibe magazine. You got to watch BET, not to try to be cool, but, but you want to be relevant. When Jesus spoke to his generation, he spoke of things that were relevant to them. Right. And so that's the campaign that we really own. And yeah, we have some different things on, on, on the plate. And what we do is we put stuff on the plate and we step back and see what God breathes upon. And whatever he breathes upon, that's what we run with. Um, let me ask you this, because um, I have a, a same heart for anything radical, truthfully, <laughs> truth be told, um, anything radical, radical that's for Christ. And in doing that, I, I deal a lot with spoken word artists, holy hip hop artists or that's gospel hot. rappers, as they're called, um, reggae, gospel, Christian reggae artists, that's anything that's as we categorize alternative. That's hot. And a lot of those members of those communities feel as though they're left out of this gospel world, gospel industry, commercial entertainment, and just the yeah, gospel yeah. side of things. They're feeling yeah. left out. Yeah. And even very recently, and I'm going to share this with you, there was a, um, a workshop, I'm going to keep it nameless, with some members of um, the gospel music industry that was instrumental in launching you. Mm-hmm. And the question came from one holy hip-hop artist, why is it that the labels, gospel industry, will not get behind holy hip-hop? And the answer that was straightforward was, it does not make any money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, of course, that hurt them, that yeah. shocked them. They were like, what happened to the anointing? What happened to it being about getting the message out? What happened to uh, it? it there's, there's a segment of population that are listening to this, so it's got to be some money in it somewhere. And why is it about the money? It was a lot of questions. So my question to you is, having come from a place where 
at the time you came out, you were considered radical. Even now, a lot of people are still saying, you know, why is it that your music sounds worldly? Why is it you're doing <laughs> stuff with, with rock folks? Why is it that you're, you know, do you feel a, a responsibility to go back to some of the folks who are doing alternative uh, music for Christ and pull them up? Let me respond to that just like this, man. If you want it to be 100% ministry, you got to do it yourself. If you're going to line yourself up with a label, you got to understand that a label's first job is not ministry. And and we can't force them to be. We can't get mad. It's like I can't get mad at this microphone if this microphone don't turn into a TV. This microphone was built to be a microphone. It was built to be. Now, I can minister through it, but somebody else can come into this microphone and cuss through it because it was built to be a microphone. What sanctifies the microphone is me. That's what sanctifies the microphone is me. A record company is not built to be a ministry machine. It's built to be a for-profit machine. Mm-hmm. What sanctifies it is you. You can't get mad at them if, if they're not sanctified for you because it ain't built for that. It's built to make money. And, 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 and we can't get mad at that. If it's for ministry, let's sell it out of our truck. Yeah. Yeah, but I want to reach more people. Let's don't be concerned about reaching more people. Let's work the ground that God has given us. Yeah. Let's work this off. In other words, if I don't get played on BT, I can't walk around being ticked off for BT. Let me work the soil that I've been given. Let me be a good steward of what I've been given. And if I'm a good steward of what I've been given, then I trust God with the increase. Paul says it. I plant Apollo's word. It's God to give the increase. It ain't Zamba. It, it ain't Sony that gives the increase. It's God to give the increase. And, and, and I meet a lot of artists that are frustrated. What you frustrated for? If you're in it for Jesus, do it for Jesus. That's a good word. Stop being frustrated. That's a good word. That's an excellent word. So what are you going to do uh, different or, you know, with your label for your soul? I'm trying to reach out to those type of artists. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, 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 I'm trying to reach out to artists that move me, that inspire me. Not trying to be like me. But things that inspire me and move me. But at the same time, I'm, 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 I'm not looking. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing auditions across the country. You know, I just believe that it's like a marriage. I didn't put an ad in the paper when I was looking for Tammy. Right. You know what I'm saying? We just we ran into each other. You know, divine timing. We bumped into each other and I knew she was for me. So I'm just I'm, I'm trusting God to allow me to bump because I don't want to have nobody that's 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 a great artist. But, you know, they get signed to label and they're alien. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, because, you know, that ain't worth it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, you know, most talented people can come with some luggage, dog. You know, it, it's something like the more talented, you know, the spirit of Lucifer. You know what I mean? You know, he was the most talented, but being talented wasn't enough. He wanted to be God. Mm. And, you know, and there can only be one runner for your soul. It is me. <laughs> with Kirk Franklin live in studio along with yours truly, the gospel lady. Some months ago, you came out on TBN and a couple of other Christian uh, media outlets concerning pornography yeah, as yeah. a personal issue. Yeah. My question to you is, why now? And how do you feel it was relevant to the body? How did the body benefit from you coming out about this personal issue? I don't know how the body benefited. I, I just knew that God was leading me to talk about it. Years ago, I never would have even imagined that I would have even talked about anything like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I uh, And I guess the reason why I didn't talk about it before uh is because I guess I was still struggling with it. This September, it's been five years for me. You know, I've been walking in victory now for five years. I never, I never, never, never would have ever thought I would have had victory of pornography because I started so young, like at seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's amazing to me is the response from people, the response from men and the response from women when I start talking about it. And what's amazing is that, let's see, 
from age nine to age 29 to 10 years, let's say uh, 12 years. It took me 12 years to get victory. And there are people that are blessed in 15 minutes what it took me 12 years to get through. So 15 minutes of a testimony took 12 years in the making. And that's amazing to me. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, that's amazing. It, it was like it was, it was like a 15 minute testimony that was 12 years in the making. You know, and it's, it's, it's like somebody is, 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 is blessed by me talking for 15 minutes. But I had to live that for 12 years. Yeah. I had to literally live that for 12 years. And I had all laid on me from the East Coast to the West Coast. And that didn't help. I had preachers lay hands on me. I would cry. So it wasn't until I was taught the truth of the word of God. It is really the truth of God that really set me free. Me being taught my new identity in Christ. Wow. About Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but it's Christ living in me. And uh, 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 Paul told me that we have the mind of Christ. And so if I'm sitting up here thinking about pornography, that's not Christ in me thinking it. That's just old flesh. See, see, see what happened was is, is before I was taught, and, and, and gospel artists listen to this, because as gospel artists, we're so busy edifying the church that we don't get taught. Mm. And so we live our lives on music. You know, music is our life. That's how we're edified. But music does not have the, the saving power to transform our lives. All it does is sets us up to be able to, re- to receive the, the word of God. That's all it is. All, all music does is it, it gets the heart and soul ready. And, and for years, I thought that when an evil thought came into my mind, that that was my thought. I thought it was me. I didn't realize that I'm a new creature in an old body. And my old body is still going to have old cravings. I, I wasn't taught that when I got saved, I got a new nature, but my body didn't get saved. Then my flesh didn't get saved. That's why when I die, I get a new body because this body is contaminated with yeah, sin. Yeah. This body is no more good for heaven. You this body can't go to heaven. It's like, it's, it's like I wasn't taught that. And so when I stopped shouting, stopped speaking in tongue, and stopped rolling on the floor and set my butt down mm-hmm. and got taught, I'm like, Wow. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that that's what that meant. Yeah. And so slowly but surely, I started being walked into it. You know, it's like Paul says, we're transformed from glory to glory. The process of sanctification. Salvation saves us for eternity. Sanctification is the process that we'll be on for the rest of our lives. Wow. And every, a lot of people, well, everyone, we're all in, still in earthen vessels. So yeah, needless yeah. to say, even though there aren't other celebrities, so to speak, who came out and said, hey, I have an issue with this. I have an issue with that. I, I, I'm still smoking. I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm still sleeping around. Mm-hmm. I'm, I still have homosexual mm-hmm. thoughts. Yeah, I still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though they're not coming out in that. Yeah. With, with the community, with the, the consumer, with the listeners don't understand because they tend to put you all on pedestals. You're singing the gospel. So you're straight. Yeah. yeah you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, sure. they don't understand that, we're, that you're all even I as a gospel personality still in an earthen vessel and still have issues. So do you feel or have you seen by you coming forth that you've empowered others within the community who have celebrity status that can make an impact uh, with their testimony? Do you feel like you've encouraged them to to bring light to certain areas that have since been hidden from, you know, the body? You know, I don't know. And and I don't even know if that's even part of my mission as much as part of my mission was is that I had to do it. You know, uh, I believe everybody has a bit of season that they hear God telling them what they have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, may, maybe it struck the flame, maybe it didn't, you know, but it was something that I had to do. God told me that I had to talk about this and I had to talk about this victory uh, that God gave me. And, uh, you know, it was a very embarrassing one, a, 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 a very, something that, that you go through privately. But, but, but you know what? I began to be proud to talk about it. 
And I'm simply looking at my wife and she proud of me. Like, oh, shoot. If, if the wife is cool, <laughs> God is cool. It's like, I'm gravy, man. Right. And so, you know, it's all good now. You've described yourself as a servant. It yeah, doesn't man. matter if you're doing music, if you're writing, yeah, if you're playing, if you're, if you're singing. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You know, you know. Uh, or if you're greatest, acting. If yeah. You're, gra- you're, you're a servant. <laughs> the greatest well, I, I smiled on singing because you say that you're not a singer. Uh, <laughs> so I was smiling and I said, singing. Aha. Aha. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. You know, uh, just the greatest of these must be the servant. Well, this know? is my question. If God said, Kirk, you've done everything I've asked you to do. You've been obedient as a servant. You've done what I've asked you to do, what I've led you to do, what I've taught you to do. Now I want you to do whatever it is you want to do for me. I'll gift you. If you don't already have the gift, I'll gift you. Mm-hmm. And I'll let you do whatever it is you Incredible. want to do for me without me having to instruct you, without me saying, Kirk, this is what I want. I'm just giving you free reign to glorify me however you choose. What would that be? Great question. Oh, wow. And you, you're forcing a brother to just be honest. Uh, He'll gift you if you don't already. I would, it's a wonderful thing. He'll gift you. I would ask God to give me a key to Hollywood. Wow. Give me a key. Let me go through the door and take the cameras and and bring Christ to the culture. Give me the key. Give me the key to give me the key to Hollywood. Just like Jesus, give me a big old key and let me walk into every executive's office and and, and throw out Christian entertainment ideas, sitcoms and movies and scripts and 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 everything that that, that has to do with letting them know we're here. We here. We all just saying gut buckets, sitting in the back with boom, 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 boom. And th- that's great. And as a part of our culture, <laughs> but some of us know how to do the Denzel movies. Yeah. Some of us know how to do the Bill Cosby sitcoms. Some of us know how to do good, good, good moral family programming, and got some ideas that ain't just chilling. You mm-hmm. know, my prayer is that if God ever did that, then my heart and my character is that I won't take it and use it for my glory. But Be- because the biggest danger. With, with a platform like that, is this easy mm. to get sucked up and to uh, kind of ask God, God, let me have a little glory for me. Just give me just a little bit for me, you know. And when God told them to go in and to destroy the kingdoms and and not take nothing for themselves. Nothing. And, and, and when they took a little bit for themselves, God destroyed them. And wow. so, you know, the biggest danger is, is going up in there and not want to slip something in your own pocket. Wow. I must tell you, Kirk Franklin is probably one of my most favorite people to sit with. I have a few, but he is definitely one. I think people really sleep on how just deep he is, how much of a great conversationalist he is, how much he really thinks about things and how much he has to offer, not just to the body of Christ, not just to music, but to just an intellectual conversation about mindset and growth and just so much oh man i love talking to kirk franklin and i spoke with him a lot and will continue to speak with him a lot throughout my career so i'm sure we'll do another show sharing more stories with people just like him man i love sharing these interviews with you and i can't wait to do it again thanks so much for hanging with me until next time i'm your host denise hill you stay blessed Thank you for joining the Denise Hill Experience. For more, connect with Denise at denisehill.com and on all social media at The Denise Hill. See you next time for more great stories and interviews inside the Denise Hill Experience.